Hi everyone, you're welcome to another episode of Ugo's Take. And my name is Ugo Amadi. Thanks for listening. And I'm in kind of celebrating mood mood because today is the 30th episode of the show. So all those who've listened, all those who have been following, who've um, downloaded the podcast, who listen via Facebook, who listen on Spotify, and on Anchor, on other platforms like Apple Podcasts, say you are the real MVPs. Thank you so much. And today's episode is a bit varied in terms of uh, what we'll be talking about, the teams we'll be looking at, and the three main topics. So we'll be looking at um, football economy in Nigeria, because the last time, uh, on the last show, I talked about which way Nigeria, one of the segments, I said which way Nigeria after the NSARS um, protests still going on um, in different parts of the world, and and they cry out for um, justice for um, those who have fallen during the enters campaign and those who, who fell who fell or who, who met their, their demise or who were diseased um, at the hands of SARS officers that led to that actually led to the uh, protest so what next because we just can't keep talking about protesting 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 we have to look up look at how can the country actually be better you know how can we make the country better what can be done to improve things how can the country move from where it is you know the country has enormous potential as i said intelligent people hard-working people have resources natural resource oil that's crude oil petroleum and you have your um, solid minerals as well and you have so many uh, things that um, could be used to improve the welfare and well-being of the people in the country so for me i'm looking at football economy you know that that might sound a bit strange what business what is the relationship between football and economy or football and revenue generation there's a lot there's a whole lot uh, with respect to uh, football um, really being a contributor or even being a sector or an industry um, in a particular country. So we're looking at some examples and looking at ways um, Nigeria can improve um, its economic earnings by, you know, latching on to sports, latching on to um, the, the economic benefits that, that are resident in sports. So that's one thing we're looking at. And then would also be looking at procrastination the bane of success procrastination the bane of success you know sometimes you you plan to do things and then you don't do them and then you wonder why have you failed so we'll be looking at at that as well because I'll give my two cents on um, procrastination as it regards to hampering success then finally in the segment where we'll be talking about um, football review and update, I'll just be giving my two cents on two games, not the full games, but certain things that happened within the games. One is something with respect to Sergio Ramos, the Real Madrid and Spain captain, and Timo Werner, the Chelsea striker, who's also um, the leading marksman at the moment for Joachim Lowe's side at the German side. So these are the three teams we'll be looking at today so thanks for joining me on the 30th episode of Google's Take and keep listening now let's drive straight in to the first segment the first main segment of today's show now football economy football economy and nigeria you may ask yourself or you may ask me you say ugo what relationship does football have with the economy we should be talking about the oil sector we should be talking about trade we should be talking about diversification we should be talking about technology you know it aerospace engineering agriculture now all those things don't get me wrong are good 
they contribute to the economy enormously and if the government focuses its attention on those aspects i've just listed out the country will do great 100 percent but there is so much in football that meets the average eye you know we all love to watch football you know like the other day <laughs> nigeria was leading four four goals to nil against Sierra Leone in the first half and the game ended 4-4 so <laughs> that wasn't too enjoyable for those of us who are fans of the Nigerian Super Eagles and then we like we love watching the EPL that's the English Premier League love watching the Bundesliga love watching the Spanish La Liga just entertaining you know we love the same we love seeing the goals we love seeing people run past the um, wingers run past fullbacks or wingbacks love seeing strikers put the ball back out the net love seeing midfielder midfielder midfielders um putting in tough tackles hard tackles crunching tackles winning the ball of players and a lot so the same aspect of it beautiful we all enjoy it we all get it so however today let's dive into the economics of things and why is I've chosen to talk about football economy. Now, in the UK, because we're going to use, I'm going to look at the English Premier League because it's the most popular. First off, how can a government, or rather, how does football generate money? We, we all hear about the transfer fees, Sometimes 60 million, 100 million pound um, transfer fee, 150 million. We all hear about the huge transfer fees. Now, let's look at you have TV rights. That's what one of the ways um, football clubs and to a larger extent the uh, football organizers, the sports organizers, i.e., the Premier League, as we have in the UK, or the organizers of the Bundesliga. You know they get they get paid enormously for um, the TV rights for the rights to air those those games. So what you have is you would usually sports event organizers divide up territories, divide up bouquets rather into territories. You know so you could have this bouquet is for the whole of Europe. And a channel and a broadcast company, i.e., Sky TV or BT Sports or Virgin, Mobile, or Virgin TV or what have you, would buy those rights to televise the games for the, for the entirety of Europe. You could have people like Super Sports or rather, you could have people like DSTV acquire the rights for Sub Saharan Africa to show Premier League games. And they usually pay enormously, they usually pay a lot for these rights. So, Let's now let's back to England. Look at in, the domestic scene in England. You have um, Amazon, which is a new trend, which is slightly new trend. Let's say in the last five years or thereabout, you know you've had the likes of Amazon, Netflix coming to uh, provide um, content, streaming content um, for uh, viewership. Uh, all over the world, movies and things like that, and now they've ventured into sports. So, Amazon paid whooping ninety million pounds just to show twenty games spread over three years. Twenty games spread over three years, ninety million. That is. 30 million a year if we divide it evenly that's 30 million a year to show 20 games over three years i wouldn't even bother doing the conversion into naira but imagine what that would mean for an economy now let's go let's look at something else then you had the if you have sky sports who've extended um, the rights they have on Premier League games and other on Premier League games to 2022. You know, they initially 
paid for the, the rights to show certain Premier League games in 2018. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they paid 3.6 billion, 3.6 billion pounds, 3.6 billion pounds. I'll say it again, 3.6 billion pounds to the Premier League to have the rights to show the games. Now, extending these rights they've paid, a deal that we see them pay 1.19 billion pounds per annum, that is between, let's say, this year to 2022. Lots of money. Now, you may say to yourself, this private entity, how would this trickle down to benefit the people? How would this um, help the government improve social welfare, improve amenities, you know, do other things that the government is meant to do? And now I'm talking about, um, I'm using the UK as a case study to talk about Nigeria. Now, in 2016, 2017, footballing year or financial year depending on what side of the spectrum that you are viewing things from the Premier League the Premier League clubs and the players jointly paid 3.3 billion 3.3 billion pounds in taxes to the British government to the government of the United Kingdom so that's enormous, <laughs> enormous in the grand scheme of things, you know. So, and don't you also forget that once you have clubs generating this amount of money, you have you definitely have people working in the non-sporting side of uh, um, these clubs, maybe as janitors for one, maybe as IT specialists. Uh, doctors or um, communication specialists, project managers, business analysts, and the list goes on and on. Now, let's make it more, let's look at it from a Nigerian perspective. Let's say you, okay, backtrack. Let's look at it from a Nigerian perspective. In what do you need? You need the players? Nigeria, we have the players. In Nigeria, you have the players. That natural talent is there. Available. You know, now, maybe the likes of Sky may not be interested in the Nigerian Premier League because it hasn't developed its brand to where it attracts the attention of the prim of the likes of of Sky Sports, the likes of BT, and the likes. Fair enough. But you have the likes of Amazon, you have the likes of Netflix, you have the likes of Hulu that are madly in search of content. Let's take you back. Amazon paid 90 million pounds to show. 20 games over three years. So can you imagine if it was laid at the feet of the Amazon directors or content acquisition managers or or honchos that you could have the right to show all 38 games, all all um, 38 games mm-hmm. or 300 something games not today 200 something games in the Nigerian Premier League live and you have this all right let's still go back to say okay maybe the, the brand Nigerian Premier League isn't well known still that would attract let's say a hundred million pounds for maybe five years and that's a lot in the Nigerian context Now, going back to the former point I was trying to make, what do you need to have a league going? The first thing you need 
you need the players. And in Nigeria, we all know that you have the players. You have the natural talent. You know, you have the players with natural talent. But these clubs aren't organized as well. You know, they play competitions every year. The Premier League goes on every year. But the league is seen as more of a stepping stone. You know, more of a stepping stone. There's no one really that wants to make a career in the Nigerian Premier League. So, even if, with due respect, you have an offer from Latvia for $500 a week, players are willing to run off, leave a a club at, at the head of the pyramid, at the top of the pyramid, top of the Premier League, with hopes of qualifying for the African Champions League, a player is ready to leave, you know, leave those clubs, leave that club and move over to Latvia for $500 a week. So, if the government could lie us, and that's why I've been advocating for a change of government, because the folks we have there at the moment um, I don't think would advise them, advise their minds to thinking in this light. But let's just say hypothetically, if the government creates a policy, has these clubs in a panel sit down together and say, "Okay, we want to make the league more attractive. We want to make it more profitable. We want to make it generate more funds." So that the clubs could be better funded, the players could end well and really build a career, and then we could have other ancillary services built around the games. Jobs could be created around the league. You could have your sports journalists anymore. You could have your sports podcasters in Nigeria and all over the world as well, creating content and anymore. You could have um, sports doctors, sports nutritionists you know physiotherapist and in more because there's a place where money is generated and they can afford to practice their their careers that creates a new line of learning because more people would go to universities to study sports related courses of or more specifically football related courses football nutrition football performance um people going to software creation to track performance um, so data analysts could analyze data and things like that. So the government says, okay, how do we make this work? We make this work, you, can, you get the clubs together and this policy is created. First off, the government gives a loan, let's say a hundred million pound loan to the league as a whole and supervises how it's used to improve stadium stadium over the country in the Premier League, the turf and go to players' wages and that's a loan or you could say a line of credit and subsidize some other stuff that should be paid for or that would pay for. And then you get the league to start running. Then also have a business summit with the likes of Amazon and maybe Sky. Just make it open. And then you 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 tell them what you want to do. You tell them what you want to do. And you offer these bidding rights. For starters, you could say 40 million pounds you know per year to show for the rights to show all the Premier League matches, or that is the Nigerian Premier League matches live, for the rights to show the Nigerian Premier League matches live on your platform, whether Amazon or Netflix or whatever. You know, you make this offer to them, and then when they look at what you've done, what's going on, they say the stadium is in force, it's in vogue, and you also have a. You also have some TV content created 
to highlight the ongoing improvement in the Premier League, in the Nigerian Premier League, so to speak, in the new Nigerian Premier League for the purpose of this podcast. Now, you have this new Premier League and Amazon has the rights to show the new developments going on in the Premier League, the new face of the league, just like interviewing club owners, interviewing CEOs of clubs, interviewing coaches, interviewing the players, interviewing the sports ministers, you know, get it that's a different content that Amazon would pay let's say 50 million or 30 million for that to be on this platform because right now you have Amazon you have Netflix and the rest and a lot more um, online um, stream pla- streaming platforms that are in mad search for content the TV broadcast the mainstream TV Broadcast companies like BT, Sky, and the rest of them have their teeth deeply sunk into content because they've been there for for the lot. They've been there longer, you know. So Amazon and the rest of them, I say again, are in the mad search for content. So you offer them these, or if the government says we don't want to fund this, you could get the likes of Dangote or Tedela. Dangote is what sixteen billion dollars as of the last time which is maybe 12.5 billion pounds so you could say okay let's give you the rights give a line of credit of let's say 500 million dollars to the Premier League or 100 million 100 million pounds to the Premier League and then whatever accrues to the league you get X Y percent and also you get some form of tax rebate or tax discount and things of the, of the sort so that could be something that you could do and this will create jobs it will create revenue for the government like i just said 216 to 17 that's let's say roughly four four ish or three ish years ago three point three billion pounds was paid as task as, as tax rather so can you imagine if all the players maybe the competition of the players and the clubs are able to pay 50 million pounds as tax in a year that's not spread over years that's in a year that does a lot for the nigerian economy because it, so bottom line is it will create jobs not just for the football players on the pitch but it will also create jobs for associated professions like journalism like medical the medical uh, profession because you have more people going to um, sports therapy more people going to sports nutrition more people going to um, actual general medicine and working for these companies you could have people project managers business analysts actually working for these various um, clubs and things would improve and then on the on the other side of things when you you pay your players well you then would be able to attract players from other parts of Africa attract the best talent from maybe Asak Mimosa in Ivory Coast attract the best talent from Raja Casablanca in Morocco, attract the best talent from Zamalek in Egypt, and then you become the hub of African football, of African professional football. So what what then happens is that you, you no longer have clubs that really don't exist just because they're in Europe coming to offer your, your players peanuts and having them leave. You could have a club like Chelsea, for instance, coming straight up to, let's say, Cano Pillars or Rivers United and pay me $5 million straight off or $10 million uh, pounds, rather, straight off to Rivers United. That's a lot of money in the context of what where Rivers United is, where the Premier League is. That's a lot of money. And you're once again jobs are being created and things and begins to grow and the league begins to grow 
and then once it starts growing let's say after the first three years then you have the likes of your sky come in and want to acquire rights because it's now a sizable brand it's now a more recognizable brand so football economy we have in nigeria i mean you have the natural talent you have the pace naturally given by god natural talent you have the skills you have everything but the economic side of things not so much so if the government can focus in can hone in on football economics hone in on IP lawyers IP practitioners hone in on economists and commercial marketing people to create a strategy on how to exploit our football resource our football economy in Nigeria then that would be great for the country so that's my opinion that's my two cents that's my take that's Hugo's take on football economy so tell me what you think you could send me an email and I'll get back to you straight up or you could join the whatsapp group just send me an email to ugostake at cosite.net and I would surely send you a link where you could send me audio messages and we could have a nice discussion so and then you could tell me um, this could work this might not work what do I think what so football economy all over the world is happening all over the world is happening China have tried their best you know they're still trying the MLS they're trying their best as well but in Nigeria we have the talent you know anyone who's ever been to Nigeria would tell you that due respect to the players who are in the Super Eagles you have even more skillful and talented players that that have not even been signed by any club you know or that are languishing rather or are struggling at the lower end of grassroots football because you don't have any agents because the clubs themselves don't have that much money you know to have academies and develop this talent so the government should really come in and bring a blueprint and present a blueprint you know because I think you should act for special dispensation from FIFA and FIFA says the government should have been involved in football and the running of football fair dues but maybe in the UK cool because for the longest time They've been in existence. They've run the food, they've run their football league, moved from the normal football league to the Premier League. And then you have down the pyramid, you have the championship, you have League One, League Two, non-league, and the rest, semi-pro, and the rest. They've been there for the longest, but in places like Nigeria, where the commercial benefits of football are not really being felt in the country I think countries like that should be given special dispensation you know every time or most times you hear FIFA complaining about Asian fees and stuff like that how about looking at Africa looking at South America looking at China to a lesser extent because China there's more money there and things are a bit more organized but still Look at these areas and think about how football can be improved. You know, but why I say that um, FIFA only has a sympathetic responsibility, you know, a humanistic responsibility. You know, we're all human, we're sort of equal in the world, sort of thing. But the government should normally have a more empathetic, a more it's our own people it's our own thing and want to develop and want to make it better and want to make it great now don't get me wrong the oil the diamonds the and things like that are wonderful brilliant amazing stuff that we should exploit 
you know we should explore exploit and um, use as revenue earners for the country football will contribute a lot so let me know what you think send me an email send me a message on Instagram who goes take it's UGOS underscore T-A-K-E on Instagram or at stake Ugo that is U-G S S <laughs> at S-T-A-K-E U-G-O on Twitter you can follow me and we'll have a discussion have an interaction and let's see what your opinions are so thanks for listening and stupid listening don't go anywhere because I'm still here I'll be talking about more interesting more exciting more engaging topics as we continue to go so once again let me know what you think on football economy and nigeria Hello, thanks for being there. Now we move on to the second segment of the episode. Procrastination, the bane of success. Now, when I do these motivational talks or highlight certain issues, it's not because I have it all figured out. It's because I have suffered or experienced some of the things and like putting it out there. You know, and I like also uh, wanted to know how you've you felt how you've dealt with them and I like also talking from my own experience and how you can improve from my own experience from my own failure so to speak so procrastination the bane of success now there's a nice definition I saw somewhere which says procrastination or procrastination is the act of delaying or postponing a task or set of tasks task so task 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 okay <laughs> so procrastination you want to write the book and you say okay I'll get to do it all right I'll do it okay I think I'll do it tomorrow I think I'll give myself two more hours and I'll do it and then you end up not doing it now procrastination is different from rescheduling you could have lots of things that you have to achieve in a particular day or you're just so beat up you're just so tired and you say oh man I'm just so tired today I just can't be bothered but I know I have to um, send this book or send this script to the illustrator by tomorrow 5 p.m. I'll be sending by tomorrow 5 p.m. and we have it scheduled and set and when it's time when it gets to tomorrow 5 p.m. you get it set out actually so that's different when you actually schedule because maybe you're tired or you have more you have a task that is, is higher up on the scale of priorities so you, you know or something that's more urgent comes up and you deal with it that's different now procrastination you say i will do this okay i will do this and then you, you just keep putting putting it off putting it off putting it off and most times what happens you don't do it it could be an assignment <laughs> you're working on and you end up turning very late or not being able to submit it at all because you've passed the deadline it could be a task in, in the office you're meant to do. Let's say you work in project management and then you've got a uh, project manager who said, okay, I need you to collate all checkpoint re- reports from all team managers and send via email to me latest for 4 p.m. And you, you get it done. You, you collate the highlight um, checkpoint reports and you say, okay, I know I should send this now, but I'll put it off a bit. I'll get to do it by, let's say, 3 p.m. You put it off. Next day, you put it off and you've passed the deadline. 
Now, why do people procrastinate? Sometimes it's because the fear failing with respect to the tasks are set before them. Or the sense of urgency with respect. They don't have no sense of urgency with respect to the task at hand. You know, or they don't feel the need to achieve something with respect to what they're doing. Now, let me give you a slight story, something that happened to me. I procrastinated uh, with respect to doing something. Now, I wrote a book. I was writing a book, rather. It was meant to be a graphic novel. I was doing just, just you know, the prose was meant to be a prose and a simple graphic novel. I'd gone far, I'd done, I'd done with chapter one, where I'd done the introduction of the hero, his origin story, blah, 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 blah. And then went on to the chapter two, chapter three, I'd done it. And I kept telling myself, you have to do this, you have to get the fourth chapter done, so you can get the book to a publisher or at least a printer, you know, who would design the, the covers and print it, and then you have the book out. And then I kept saying, don't worry, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I didn't feel the sense of urgency. It was my, my own thing. You know, I didn't have fear of failing because I knew what I was writing was, was good stuff. You know, and I knew the amount of research I put into creating um, the character, the foundation I've laid, you know, the various story arcs within the storyline and the, it was just amazing so there was no fear of me failing but I didn't get the sense of urgency that was something I created so I kept putting it putting putting it off putting it off and then something happened out of the blues my MacBook went popkiss if you don't understand my friend my MacBook just stopped working tried hashtagging it whatever I tried it just didn't work and even when I went to the Apple store where our store was even in a situation where we're able to repair the laptop you would lose everything you have on file everything you have saved on the hard drive will be gone wow wow so that's gone and if you're a creative person your creation are like your children so you can imagine losing all the stuff i've spent months and months to create and it's gone you know procrastination you want to go um shopping or you want to start a business and you keep saying, oh, I would register this company. I'm going to register it. I'm going to register it. And then it passes you by. And someone else nicks the name. Or, while you're delaying, someone else comes in with a similar product that serves a similar function. And, you know, except you're creating a product that is so unique that you have a, a patent first to market is always seen as the best first to market is always seen as the best so except your product is so unique and you have such a strong patent then when you gain access to the market you don't you'll be seen as a copycat and then you have to invest more in marketing invest more in word of mouth invest more to convince people not of the product now but the fact that your product is better or at least at par with your product that's already in, in the market and then let's even take it to the office space like we said your project manager has told you 
send me the checkpoint reports by 4 p.m. tomorrow and you don't do it two things could happen your project manager could let you could save your query and depending on the organizational structure could get you fired or if your project manager is personable it could say or it's a bit lenient still have you on board but you have derailed the project and then maybe you you now your project manager has to apply to the project board for reason issue to the project board for um, the extension of time scale tolerances and what happens if that's not done you know so postponing procrastination rather derails you from achieving your goals on time or even achieving your goals at all so it's not it's not about being late sometimes you wouldn't be able to achieve your goals at all and now there's some tips that have been given which are help, helpful in the long run with respect to um, helping you with procrastinating yeah they, they are helpful but and I'll root, be, be ruling them out um, very soon but there's a but and after I read them I will I'll tell you what a bot is so there's one get organized you know I want to do this now and then after that I'll do this after that I'll do this after that I'll do this oh great you know so and there's another one create a timeline or a shadow that's nice like I said I'll do this this time and then when I'm done will happen and then after that and then get rid of distractions fine maybe you sell your TV set or you switch off your TV or you go go out um, to the pub less you know or like some you've had some extreme cases of what people have done like sell their mobile phones you know to take away the distraction or go on social media because social media can be a good tool for your business but can be a massive massive distraction you know because it's just you get on social media and you see a plethora of stuff some useful and some very very useless and it can take you off what you're meant to be looking at off what you're meant to do and you could spend eons you could spend days on it hours five six hours on social media so some people have actually logged off social media or deleted the social media accounts entirely you know there's no time to yourselves you know maybe when you relax keep off work you're able to think clearly and then you appreciate what you should do better and then you're able to be more inspired and get on to do what you're meant to do use incentives you know like okay at the end of this at the end of completing this task i'll get I'll, I'll give myself a reward maybe i'll buy myself a wristwatch or i'll go out and have a snack or have a meal you know like maybe if what you you're working at is getting fitter and you're working out maybe you say okay if i'm able to burn xyz calories then I would have a cheat meal. Now that's fine. But in all these things, the good, the wonderful, what if someone procrastinates with respect to creating a shadow? For me, I feel the most important thing is getting the sense of urgency. Getting the sense of urgency and ask yourself, why am I embarking on this task? Why am I doing this? You know, why do I want to start a podcast? Is it because lots of people, lots of people have podcasts? 
oh why do i want to start a clothing line is it because my friend has a clothing line or is it because it looks nice or do i really really want it so ask yourself these questions why am i embarking on this journey why am i embarking on this study why am i doing this once you're able to get a grip of the why and you you get to understand that you're doing it for you and it benefits you then (laughs) it'll be difficult for you to procrastinate and once you're able to get the sense of urgency that it is essential it is important you know if i want to be successful this has to be done let's take hunger for instance i think it's very rare if ever possible that someone who is hungry procrastinates eating very rare sometimes you could be working and then you have something to do and then you procrastinate and then you say i'll eat now eat later but it's rare if ever possible that someone who's famished absolutely hungry and sees and knows that there's a bowl of rice and some chicken you know and some uh coleslaw just waiting for him to dive into waiting for her to dive into and she is famished and he's absolutely hungry would say no nah i'm not eating now no i'll eat tomorrow Mm. so that sense of urgency that sense of hunger now speaking figuratively that sense of i have to achieve this if i want to publish my comic book i have to get it to the illustrators to get the character concepts created to get the panels drawn to get the coloring inking done to get the the coloring done and then get it on to the publishers and get a thousand copies printed you know that this is essential to your success and then you're hungry for success when you're hungry for success procrastination becomes almost impossible almost impossible when you're hungry for success you're hungry for greatness and you know that this set of tasks this set of tasks one two three can make you great or are necessary for you to achieve success whatever sphere of life you are in just like an artist if you know that you have a recording to do at a studio by 1 p.m and you know that if you don't get to the studio by 1 p.m the producer would have been gone and your single or your ep would not be recorded would not be mixed or mastered and therefore wouldn't go on spotify or wouldn't go to a record label or something you do your utmost to get there by 1 p.m you wouldn't procrastinate so procrastination comes from a place of not understanding urgency of not understanding the importance of something you know or the importance of something with respect to you achieving what you want to achieve so this is my own two cents on procrastination so if you procrastinate it hampers it will definitely 100% cripple your dreams cripple your ambition cripple anything you want to achieve no matter how skilled you are no matter how knowledgeable you are no matter how talented you are no matter how even hardworking you are if you keep procrastinating that's it for you so let's buck the trend and get ourselves focused and get ourselves keyed in to the importance of completing tasks on time and on schedule so thanks for listening and thanks for keep listening very soon we'll be moving on to the final segment of today's episode so follow on spotify follow on anchor and follow me on instagram and on twitter ugo steak on instagram that's ugos underscore t-a-k-e or on twitter 
at StakeUgo, that is S-T-A-K-E-U-G-O, that's it, on Twitter. Yeah, I want to talk now about <laughs> two games, or rather, yeah, two games that took place um, in Europe in the UEFA Nations League. And that's one was Germany versus versus the Ukraine, and then Spain versus Switzerland. <laughs> so Timo Werner on fire, continuing his in his rich vein of form. Um, as he scored two goals that saw the German side gain victory over the Ukrainian team, national team um, by three goals to one. Um, the German national side had to come back, fight back from a one-goal um, deficit as the Ukrainian side um, grabbed the first goal. Sane's goal was just unbelievable because I think the front three was Sane, Vena, and Gnabry. So Sane, solo run, pacey as ever, checking on his left foot and then placing it in the bottom corner. Then Vena, typical butcher style, grabbed two goals. Now, I'm more about Vena than the German national team. He's been in a rich vein of form, you know, scoring seven goals in 12 games for Chelsea, which is more than impressive. And then going on to score um, three goals. And then on Tuesday, there'll be an exciting game between Spain and Germany. And the way Spain has been defending, I think Germany may just take, take that game, may just win the game, especially with the form of. Werner and the form of um, Sane, Gnabry, their pace running behind the, the Spanish national team. So, and then again, Atsu is injured, who has been for me the best player, though he's a very young kid, 17, 18 years old. He's been the best player for the Spanish national team, and unfortunately, he is injured. And Adam Atrari, would give something different because he's powerful, he's direct, he's fast, basic. So he would give something different. So let's see what happens with respect to that game. But Timo Werner in red hot form, and hopefully he brings that back to the Premier League once the, um, the international break is over and the players are back with their various club sites. So, like I said, this will just be a quick, quick run-up. This is not really an in-depth sports review. It's just talking about two things that caught my eye in this past weekend. So, the next one is... What the Ramos. Sergio Ramos, the penalty taker, has been scoring goals for fun. Which is a bit shocking and not shocking. Because it's a central, shocking because it's a central defender, and not shocking because he has just been doing it for a long time. He got the first penalty, handball. Um, the ball smacked the hand of um, the Swiss, a Swiss uh, defender. Handball, I think, was rather harsh because the defender wasn't looking at the ball, though his hands and his right arm was above his head, and the ball smacked him. You know, at the base of his arm, between you nowhere know, the elbow and uh, the shoulder meet, so he touched, he just smacked him, smacked at the back of his arm, and a penalty. All right, get a penalty. What happens? He scoffed it, gave it off to the keeper, because I don't know what he was trying to do, trying to be smart, having this um, was an attempt to outfox the goalkeeper, the Swiss goalkeeper uh, Sommer. So. There's no more stop start, the started run, and then the keeper delayed his his, his move and he caught it. Okay, players, even the best of them, miss penalties. Even Messi, has some, I think, at some point, he has missed the penalty. Ronaldo has missed the penalty. So, the two world best players who play in attacking roles 
have missed penalties. So a defender that really doesn't shouldn't have the responsibility of scoring goals. Uh, fair, fair, fair deals to him. He's missed a goal. Okay. Then Morata, Avaro Morata runs in on goal. He's brought down by the defend by the Swiss defender. Who's who receives a second yellow card and goal and is has to match up has to uh, match up the field has to leave the, the, the pitch and then you're thinking Sergio Ramos second penalty I'm not gonna mess about I'll just pick a spot and smash into the net what does he do no 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 he wants to go for a paneka I don't know if I really call that a paneka or a Panishka, because like a paneka, but not actually a paneka. And then the keeper didn't move again, and he just scuffed it, and the goalkeeper got the ball. Now, thing about taking a paneka, first off, if you would ever take a penalty, if you ever attempt a paneka, what you should do. Is follow the Pelo, the Andrea Pelo blueprint, which is your body should be shaped like it's going one way. It's not just you move straight up and your body should be slanted like you're playing it one way and then you chip it in the middle. That's how Pelo I'm just calling these penalties. Now, for me, I don't really care so much about panakers. No. For me, I am of the Alan Shearer School of Thought, which is you get the ball, you place it on the penalty spot. Cognitively, you choose a corner, left on the floor, right on the floor, or right bottom corner, left bottom bottom corner, or top corner. As the young kids would say, top beans, top corner right, top corner left, and you smash it in. If the goalkeeper is a is superb, world-class keeper makes a superb save and dives, you know, to the right angle and saves it, then fair game. But you start to because all. You spend penalties are panekas or penalties that are that, that succeed a started run are usually not that powerful. Which means if the keeper goes the right way, more often than not, he's gonna save the ball, he's gonna save the penalty. So well Sergio Ramos has been scoring goal scoring penalties for so long, so missing two. wouldn't be a big problem but it's not cost the Spanish side they're able to save their 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 blushes when Moreno came off the bench to get an equalizer you know and they're able to get a draw now they need to get a win against Germany who topped the group with, with one point I think or a goal difference so the top the group Germany tops the group so they need to win and they have slow fullbacks that will be coming up against the likes of Leroy Sané Seg Nabri and Timo Werner that I've just spoken about a few moments ago so you see where I'm heading to it could be a very long long day the only out that the Spanish team has is the fact that Germany can't really defend they always give you an out they always give you a chance you know like even against Ukraine they considered they considered the first goal then the fair deals to them they fought back and scored three goals so on Tuesday I think it's going to be an exciting game and lots of goals Thank you once again for listening uh, um, to the podcast today. And keep listening 
keep sharing to your friends if you have a business i'll be doing free business shout out and on the next episode you can send me the name of your business this location what you do what your business about and i'll be giving free shout outs on the podcast on the next episode or the podcast that'll be coming up next week so thank you once again today is the 30th episode looking on for the next 30 episodes so thank you for being faithful thank you for always listening so do have an enjoyable sunday and have an enjoyable new week bye-bye